0: Hello and welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast, the show that helps ambitious professionals reach their peak performance through cutting-edge fitness insights from two of the world's best fitness consultants, my co-hosts, Andrew Menaschian, former Austral- Australasian's Men's Physique Champion, and Mick Toke, CEO of Performance PerformanceU. In today's special end-of-the-year episode, we'll do a full recap of the major fitness trends of 2022, put to bed the ones that we believe died off, and tell you about the new and hottest fitness trends and performance trends to watch out for in the new year. So first, let's do a wrap up of 2022. Perhaps we should start off by just going over what fitness trends did we see emerge in 2022. And so Andrew for that, I'll turn it over to you. What do you what are a couple of fitness trends that we saw pop up in 2022? It was the it was first covid-free year. Do you think we saw a return to fitness and performance industry as it was before covid or do you think we saw a new a whole new landscape in 22. i think it was i think it was very different to what it used to be
1: because the whole online thing changed a lot during lockdown so many people understood that they liked it or the technology that didn't didn't exist that they had a lot of trainers that didn't know they could train people that way That probably liked how it worked as well like i'm one of them but then we also have the people that don't like training online. They want that motivation in person as well. So I don't think it would return to how it was initially, but it definitely would have returned to more in person than what it was during the lockdown for sure anyway. So yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be the same just because Zoom is so normal now. It's so big. Everyone knows how to use it. And a lot of the people that have trainers, they now understand that they can get results online. So I think it definitely has changed and I don't think it will ever be a hundred percent the same again.
2: Absolutely. yeah, I definitely agree with you there, man. I think that the online space really shut up in 2022, especially due to the, due to the lockdowns and I was like, yeah, and I was a bit skeptical about it until I discovered an app where I can give all my workouts, all my nutrition plans. And I can give that workout video demos as well. And and the weekly zoom calls and, Yeah, absolutely. I think the online really took off. I'd say that's the biggest thing that took off in 2022 was the online space.
0: Absolutely. And just curious, you guys did have a large number of clients who actually got results from online programs.
1: Yeah, definitely. Majority of my clients right now, all of them right now are all online. And yeah, they all get good results
2: obviously, if they comply, like you mentioned, yeah. Andrew, some some people do prefer the motivation, the one-to-one interaction. I personally do miss it. So I'm like, you want to be there. Like sometimes you just think, man, they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because when it comes to movement and stuff, I'm very OCD. I like to know if they're moving properly, if they're doing everything right. That's the sort of aspect I miss into one-to-one interaction. But, oh yeah, but results, mate, if they're compliant, mate, absolutely you get results. It's convenient for them too. They can train at their own time. They don't have to train at a certain time. As if you have them in the one on one scene. So,
1: yeah, it's like, how do you say? It? So, the most common thing, and Mick, you'll know all about this like, your average person is, oh, I need the motivation to start. Right. So, no, you don't need motivation. You need discipline. Motivation might help you, but you need discipline. But the thing is, with the online coaching, if they've at least got that thing covered, if you've got, you don't need the motiv- motivation. I just need to know what to do. It's like a knowledge thing. I need guidance. Then, online coaching 100 100- 100% will word for you and exactly like you said it can even be more effective in certain cases because sometimes you got someone that can only get up for a 6 a.m session the coach can't do that you're booked out so I can't go with that person if this guy just if the coach writes programs for me nutrition I have a zoom call check-in that we can pick a time blah 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 For a lot of people, it might work out to be even better than face-to-face coaching. And we could probably say most of these people that this would work better for would be professionals, CEOs, executives, business owners, and all of that. Because if you're motivated to do all of those other things in general, you may be more motivated to do the training side of things more so than the average person as well. So, yeah, it can actually work out better for a lot of people.
2: Absolutely. As you mentioned with the CEOs and that, they're the ones that have got their shit together, man. So, like, they've got their life story. They've taken responsibility for their lives too, so... I think if they want to get their health and fitness on track, they're going to be very compliant. So, yeah, definitely agree with you. That's a big point you mentioned, Andrew. So that's absolutely.
0: So do you guys think we'll see this trend continuing on and getting momentum in the new year? Or do you think it'll just flatline at this point? I am seeing that my my gym, for example, it's completely empty. I've been to a few different gyms and they're all empty.
2: Look, I'd say the uh, normal conventional gyms aren't going to be the same. Because I've noticed there's a big decline in that. But what I have noticed is your group, your group fitness. I joined the gym recently next to me in my place. Mate, it's packed. I think people love like, that camaraderie, that sense of community, that motivation. I think that's here to stay as well. But it depends on the gym though. So I think your F45s and your CrossFit gyms may be a little bit on the decline. But if you've got a good strength and conditioning gym where it's got proper trainers, it's got good programming, I think that's, they're going to be on the up as well. But the online space, yeah, definitely here to stay. But yeah, your conventional gyms, I've noticed personally, yeah, definitely on the decline.
1: client. Yeah. It's, I think a big part of it was, so do you remember when lockdown first came on, it was everyone was trying to buy weights. Everyone was trying to buy weights so they could train at home. I want a bench, I want some weights, blah, blah, blah. Your average person that hits the gym isn't doing anything advanced on average. So for your average person, a set of dumbbells and a bench and a treadmill is probably all they need so one of two things have either happened either they like training at home now or it's there it's in the gut ga- in the garage and it never gets used yeah so yeah so it's one of one or the other but yeah I've noticed the same thing like back when I was still in Australia home so we actually went to the same gym we were going to well gym and yeah, well, yeah it definitely wasn't as busy as what I remember it being but yeah, I'm sure there's many factors in that and plus I was going to I went to the anytime I went to what was the other one I checked out Fitness First or whatever? And yeah, they definitely didn't seem as busy as what I remember them being pre-lockdown. That's for sure. Absolutely, I think if that's on, the, if anything is on the
2: decline, is just the numbers, number wise. It's definitely conventional gyms.
0: Did we? Do you guys think we saw the same trend in other areas of fitness and wellness and performance, like nutrition? Did we see a rise of online nutrition coaching? Because traditionally, that's done face to face.
2: Absolutely. I think they work hand in hand, right? If you're going to do an online coaching course, if you're going to get an online trainer, if he's not giving you nutritional guidance, is he really a trainer? So I think they work hand in hand because obviously one without the other, it's just not going to work, right? As the old saying goes, you can't train, you can't out train a bad diet. Yeah, I definitely think they work hand in hand, the nutrition and and the programming side of things as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's because I suppose it's because it can be done online. There's, it would also depend on the actual person doing the coaching themselves. So if they're, some people like to work in person, some people want to work online. It's definitely more scalable online. Like I, you can work with more people online. You can travel the world and still help people and blah, blah, blah. So it just depends on the type of person. Some people just want to work in person. Some people value their freedom and want to work and travel at the same time. But yeah, the biggest thing that is hard for a lot of people to comprehend is they just can't. Get around the fact that it's. I need my trainer in person. You don't really. You don't want them to hold your hand. Like it's. I don't know. What can you call it? like a weak mind? It's. Oh, I need to rely on this or rely on that, and they just don't have the priority straight. And so look, there's a time and place for everything. Not everyone's going to have the right mindset. There's only so much you can help people. But I always go back to how bad does how bad do you want it? Yeah. If you so want I'd it bad say- enough, you make it happen, right? Yeah.
2: I'd say the beginners, Andrew, especially the ones that don't know how to move. I'd say they're the ones that are going to struggle a bit at the beginning. That's why I think, personally, I, when it comes to beginners, I, like, I'm pretty much, like, they're relying on my strength to help them with everything. So I get them to just make sure they get, they're get they sending me their movement patterns, like, especially with the big lifts. And then it takes – it's a lot harder online with the beginners because you've got a lot of critiquing to do. So i say just with the beginners, they're the ones that are going to – they're the ones that are going to lose motivation, motivation a lot easily. Just the fact that they don't know what they're doing, they feel lost, but yeah. – so yeah, I'd say, yeah the, yeah, the beginners are the ones that are going to struggle at the beginning, but they, yeah. that's you're gonna have to actually put more time and effort into them if they stick it out. Obviously, yeah, they're gonna get the results, but that's if they stick it out. So,
0: yeah. well, online training is also more economical, right? Like, it's a lot cheaper than face to face training because, as you said, it's scalable, yeah. So, you can even find Oh,
1: look, some trainers are charging ridiculously low fees for some of their coaching programs. You could get just a program, like a bare bones, made for everyone sort of program or a meal plan, blah, blah, blah. You can get that for $10 a month or something as cheap as. So there's not really any excuse for anyone not getting results these days. It's it's pure laziness. Either laziness or arrogance or... We know these three, right? It's probably not really going to be stupidity. It's just, yeah, it's laziness or arrogance, but you... It can, rate, it can range from so many things. If you want but the premium deal, people are going to have Zoom calls, completely custom programs, one-on-one messenger support, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's going to be more money. But if you just want a stock standard cookie cutter program, it can be very cheap. So again, there's not really any reason for people not to be able to... You can even get free program. If you went on Google and typed in free bodybuilding program, there's going to be something. But different yeah, difference
2: there's one is... Point, there's 1.6 billion results will turn up if you do that exactly.
1: on- Exactly. And same thing for meal plans, right? So you can get results for free, right? All you have to do is put in a little bit of work. But again, we always go back to how bad do you really want it? Because people say they want it, but they don't actually really want it bad enough. Priority, man.
0: It's, it sounds like the rise of online fitness post-COVID has made personal training more accessible, and more affordable for a larger number of people.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely has. So yeah, it's still... Yeah, like... I always go back to it because it's. we've all heard this example, like I want a million different things, but I don't want it bad enough to go and do them for like fucking ice skating or rollerblading or surfing and this and that. Yeah, I'd love to be competent in all of them, but I've got other shit to do. It's exactly like you said, me. priorities. I've got to prioritize that right now. I've got to prioritize this right now. So people are very quick to land back on it. Exactly like you said, Mark, because it's everywhere it's free it's cheap if you want guidance it's cheap as cheap as to get it done but everyone's very very quick to go back on that what do you want to call it? like self-justification of why they can't do it say like, oh i don't have time so you analyze you like you analyze their life and you're like dude you're watching netflix for six hours after you finish work what do you mean you don't have time oh, but I, I need to finish my series no that's cope mate That's no. cope you can do it yeah. in other words it's just
2: not important to you if another saying for i've got no time is i've just it's just not important to me so that's just better off putting using those words and not wanting to yourself and not lying to your trainer. But us you guys. I those. think
0: that's where, at the end of the day, you need. I think most people need someone to be accountable to, and as their personal trainer, you hold them accountable. Whereas if they were to use an app, or we have AI popping right now, if they were to use an AI, they, there's no accountability to them. I think most people what they need is they need someone to be accountable to.
1: If you look at success in fitness, I call it the three pillars: it's fitness, nutrition, and accountability. If you're missing one, you're not going to get the results, right? You could have the best fitness in the world. You could have someone to keep you Mm. accountable, but if your nutrition's not there, if you're not creating a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose the weight, right? And then Mm. if you don't have the fitness, but you've got the nutrition and accountability, cool, you're eating right, but now you don't have the stimulus that you need to grow muscle properly. And then you could have the nutrition and the training. You could have the best programs in the world. You could have a team of 15 dudes with PhDs writing you up the most amazing shit. But if you can't actually stick to it, what's the point? So you did you definitely do need all three. And the thing that it just baffles my mind. Like whenever I bring on a new client or someone that gives me an objection about the money or whatever, it just baffles my brain. I take them, I try to get them to arrive at their own conclusion with it. So it's like, okay, you want to get fit, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yep, cool. All right. So you'll spend money. On a new car, you spend money on a holiday, you'll spend money on this, you'll spend money on that. Everything's cool. We can spend money on all these things. You agree? They're like, Yeah, but you don't prioritize your health, you won't spend money on your health. If anything, that's the most important thing, and you're not spending the money on it. So a lot of people's mindsets are definitely messed up when it comes to this stuff. Like that baffles my brain. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't I, I'd argue to the death on people that are saying, Oh, you need to take a holiday more than work on your own health. Like that's batshit insane to me, but I don't know, maybe it's more self-justification or just found world programming. I don't know what I don't know what it could be. It's just, it's mm. insane to me, but yeah. Yeah, it's usually when shit hits the fan for most clients, it's a money
2: wise or something happens. It's the first thing they drop off is their personal trainer. When I used to have my clients, when shit used to hit the fan, oh, okay, first thing that drops off is that, oh, hey, something happened, I have to stop training. What would you stop training? Okay, you're gonna go overseas for two weeks. Oh, you're all excited. Then you're gonna come back to work. You're gonna be miserable again for the next 50 weeks and you repeat that cycle again for the next years of your life, mate, your health is your wealth, right? How are you going to enjoy the car? How are you going to enjoy the holidays? How are you going to enjoy whatever if your health isn't there, the money if your health isn't there? Your health, what they need to understand is that it should be the top of the list.
1: Your health just has to be number one priority. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy the things that you're actually working toward. Exactly. And it doesn't look, obviously, everyone's earning different amounts of money, but there's like we said already. There's a level for everyone. If you want that ten dollar program where it's just the program for you, cool. If you want the super high level of support and everything, we'll call cool, you. Pay extra for that, right? So there's a way to get it done at levels. Like you, I'm a good example, right? I started training at 13. Would have trained earlier for some. So my mum used to be very paranoid about the internet back in the day. This is more than 20 years ago at this point. It was a dial-up days, right? I don't know what she thought was on the internet, but anyway, she wouldn't give it to me until I was 13. So I got the internet, started doing my own research. And so this is going to sound a little bit weird, but I didn't, so first of all, I didn't come from a fit family. I think I was eight years old when I first saw like a bodybuilder and I was like, whoa, cool. I want to be big and strong too, blah, blah, blah. But because I didn't come from a fit family, I had no idea. So it's going to sound bizarre, but I had no idea exercise gave you results. I didn't know that right? I just thought, oh, this is hard. Why am I doing it? That's all I knew at eight years old. So it took me actually getting the internet and then typing in. I'm like, how do you get big? How do you gain muscle? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just went down that rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, you got to lift weights and train hard to get big and look good. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So anyway, and basically I taught myself everything. And so it's like, I wanted it bad enough. So I found a way to make it work, wrote my own programs, tried my own diets and found what works for me. And then eventually got mentors, blah, blah, blah. So there is no excuse. Like I I didn't have the money at 13 years old. I had no money at 13 years old, but I found a way to make it work. So it's like, I wanted a bad enough result. So that's how it works. You can find a way to make it work for you. So whatever level you're at, pay more money, get more help, pay less money, get less help and do it on your own. But there's no excuse at the end of the day. The funny thing about how the universe works, man, it's just, if you want it, if you want to make
2: it work, it'll just somehow, it'll happen. If you want it, no matter how impossible you might think it's going to seem, it's just going to happen. That's one thing I've noticed over the years. I've Actually, that's come to my mind. You want it, it's just going to work out. It's somehow going to work out. Like you mentioned before, just how bad do you want it?
0: So guys, online fitness is here to stay. So for the listeners who are wondering whether they should go for an online program or an in-person program, what would help them decide? I'd
1: say like the... Yeah, how bad they want it, I'd say would be a good one. If they're not giving any excuses... If they're willing to put in the work and don't need their hand held, then yeah, online, online coaching will be great. If they need, if they're more of a beginner and they really don't want to do any work themselves and they're willing to pay money, then yeah, get an in-person coach because I like Mick saying they can help with the technique and all of that as well. But there's other factors as well. So let's say if you're more of an intermediate to advanced, or let's say I know how to do a squat, I know 80% of what I need to know. I just need this little fine tune here, this little fine tune there and blah, blah, blah. Online is probably going to be easier for you. Whereas if you've got no idea what you're doing, you're very intimidated. You've never been to the gym. I don't, I've never even done a squat before. Then yeah, probably in-person is going to be a bit easier for you. If you're, but again, it can work at any level. If you get an absolute beginner and they're willing to watch this exercise video, for example, i got the program on my app here. What do I need to do? Oh, I need to do a squat. How do I do a squat? Watch Andrew tell you how to do a squat in video form. You know what I mean? It's the same shit. The only difference is I can't be there to actually push your back forward and push your knee out or whatever I need to do. So I would say it's more so a case of how much money do you have? How much are you are willing to spend? Do you have any experience and how hard are you willing to work? Are you willing to do a little bit of looking into stuff on your own or do you literally want someone to hold your hand and push you into the right position? So I'd say there'd be a good few factors on how you can decide.
2: I think either all look, for starters, if you do want to start changing your life and your habits and your health, it comes down to preference, your personal choice. Just as long as you're making that conscious decision. Yeah. Okay. Something's got to change. Okay. Maybe at the start, you'd think if you're a beginner, yeah. Okay. I might go to trainer for the first couple of months, just show me how to move, show me how to eat. And then if I want to venture online, where well, I want a bit more flexibility, get an online coach. But it's just about personal preference. If you want to make that decision, it's about what you prefer and what you're going to stick to and what's going to suit your lifestyle more. It's going to come down to making a decision.
0: Now our audience who are ideally busy professionals, business owners, CEOs, founders, working people, which do you think would work better for them? Because on on one hand they have the money, like a CEO of a company or a business owner has the money for the high-end, high-touch, white-glove personal training person, but online will give them more flexibility.
1: Yeah, that's a
0: tough one. So we could argue it both ways.
1: So, for example, if you're living in or you're working in CBD in the city and there's a gym, just five minutes walk or whatever it may be, finish your shift, walk out, go training, come back, whatever. So you could do that with a trainer. You could do it without a trainer. A lot of, from my experience, so if you, and Mick would know all about this as well, like the business guys, they tend to be very high dopamine. They need something new all the time. They want you to push hard, blah, blah, blah. That could be done in either setting. Obviously, it's going to be easier in person to push someone and think of a new workout on the spot or whatever you may need to do for these guys to keep them interested. So it can definitely be done either way. That's a tough one, man. I'd say, yeah, either way, it's a tough one to figure out what they would like a bit more in saying that though, we could argue the flexibility side of things in the business world. You're not always going to get out at this time. You've got to take care of something else, but I'm free a little bit later. So if we take into account all things, if they're working in a job like that as a busy professional CEO or whatever, that would most likely be the better way to the online because it's more flexible. Absolutely. I'd say even my advice, if you
2: are a CEO or a business owner, I'd say get it out of the way early. Reason being it's just it's something about training out first thing in the morning. It's just that adrenaline. It's just gonna it's just gonna set you up for the rest of the day, especially if you got a busy day. The last thing you want to do is probably go to the gym and with your personal trainer, your PT appointment at four or five in the, in the afternoon, especially after a stressful day, because they're on their brain is just on nitrous all day every day. If you're a business, and I'd say if just to give you like a fighting chance to get through the day, just to be a bit more flexible, I'd say first thing in the morning get, it just gets you out of the blocks. Training first thing in the morning, it's just, there's something about it that just gets you going. You don't crave food. You just seem to have more energy throughout the day. So I'd say, yeah, I'll definitely training in the morning and that getting it out of the way first situation in, in those circumstances.
0: And with online fitness, you could do it literally first thing in the morning as soon as you get up because you don't have to drive to the gym.
2: That's, yeah, obviously, depending on the program, depending on where their gym is. Obviously. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, it's just it's a matter of personal choice, preference. Because I've had, I've trained a lot of corporates and businessmen where they like to come in. They don't like to think, they don't like to look, work out everything themselves. They like to be told what to do. Andrew, I'm sure you've had a few of those. So I'll, it's touchy. It's, just, it's a tricky one.
0: Interesting. Okay. But I guess the takeaway here is that it is now an option for anyone who's compatible with it, opens up accessibility to personal training to a larger number of people, and it's here to stay heading into the new year. Relating to digital and online fitness, were there any noteworthy wearable technologies that came out in 22? Did you guys see anything cool that came out, anything useful? Because it was post-COVID going hand-in-hand with digital and online fitness we also saw a rise of digital fitness wearables but a lot of these they're new they're not really tested there's some skepticism about what they do and the benefits that they offer were there any wearables that you guys that you guys liked that came out in 22
1: I do really know about the watches. I don't really know of anything else. Yeah, I didn't really start to date with it. I know the Garmin, as far as I could tell, was the, the top of the line one when I was looking into them. Track your heart rate and steps and GPS location, this, that, whatever. But it, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, look, I used it. Like when I was starting to do a lot of jogging and cardio, I was starting to use that. But then after time, I just started using it when I was actually doing the jogging. Like I got sick of it. All the other... How do we say the gut health stuff that I was talking about before we could start arguing the effects of frequency or whatever it does. It projects onto you. If you're wearing that thing all day, like you get some side effects of that as well. It's like keeping your phone on you all day, right? Same sort of thing. Like whatever side effects you're getting from that, you're getting from the what. So i got a bit paranoid about that. I was like, you know what? Fuck. I don't want this thing radiating frequencies on me 24 seven. So I'm like, nah, fuck it, we'll just go for a run. But yeah, a little bit sidetracked on that. But yeah, apart from that, I only really know about the watches. I don't really know about any other wearable technology. So yeah, you guys might fill me in. I'm not sure anything came out in 2022, but previously I personally, I've used a few things. I've used the
2: Polar H10, which tracks your heart rate. It tracks your morning heart rate, your waking heart rate and your waking HIV, heart rate variability, which is awesome. Also the Oura Ring, have you heard of the Oura Ring? Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one That's can, that's does the same similar thing. It marks your sleep, it marks your stress levels. And i said say the best thing about those, it's actually going to dictate what you should be doing for your training for the day. So if it tracks your sleep and you had a shit night's sleep, it's going to tell you, okay, here's the percentage that you have to go to. It might recommend you do some more recovery work. Don't go as heavy. Do some aerobic-based training. So they're the ones that Come to mind, but these were out. These have been out for a few years now. Not so much in 2022. I'm not sure if anything came out new that I know of that I'm aware of in 2022. Though, but you also have the Polar H10 strap, the heart rate monitor that tests your waking heart rate and your HIV and the Aura Ring, which does a similar thing.
0: The Aura Ring sounds cool. Yeah, the um... Aura Ring's great. One one thing that I've seen anecdotally, and you guys let me know if you're seeing this in other gyms, is I'm seeing massage guns now at every single gym and people actually using them. I didn't see that a couple of years ago before COVID. So what do you guys think about massage guns and, and their use? So when you look
1: at muscle tissue or whatever in general, like the best way to have healthy muscle
0: tissue is to be able to move good,
1: have good mobility and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like a band aid, so that you're addressing the symptom with this. I'm sure everyone, if they're being honest with themselves, oh, I did the massage gun on my traps, cool. A couple of hours later, it's sore again. What's the? Unless you're using it for an hour of relief, cool, fair enough, if that's what you want. But if you actually want to fix yourself properly,
2: I personally have got a gun and I love it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you- because. Sorry, keep
1: going. Do you find it actually helps like long-term or is it more so just a quick relief?
2: Because we're trainers, we're the experts. We know what we're doing, right? We know how to move well. We take our joints and our muscles to the full range of motion. We actually know how to do we know how i use it, mate. It's, personally, it's been a bit of a game changer for me, to be honest. Because yeah, I know what I'm doing. You, I know how to,
1: What have you found? What, what has, how has it improved? Like what, do you feel better or you can move better or...
2: I mean, I had my IT bands were, and my quads were super tight. Now, I started using them every day. I, you can change the setting to to speed and the strength of it, and mainly, it I found it, found they were pretty good. And yeah, absolutely yeah. worse long term. It fixed my quads up, and it fixed my my um, pain around my knees. Yeah, I was, using, I, was, I was using that. I was using it pretty much every day, though.
1: Were you also adding in any mobility stuff as well, or was it just pure? Abs-
2: hence why I said we know what we do a yeah. lot of mobility work, we do a lot of stretching. But that yeah. by itself, like you said, is definitely a band-aid. it will give you short term if you're not doing everything else correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Obviously, sleep, hydration, mobility, stretching, soft tissue work. It works hand in hand. But if you want to bite soft, just you might get maybe a bit of relief. But like you said, it does definitely come back. But obviously we know what we know how to do, I know how to work it, I know how to pull it into my routine. As, as well as my stretching and my my mobility work as well.
1: Yeah. awesome. Man. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I was going to say if it was just that was all you're doing, I was trying to like really to tell me more because if it's that easy, maybe I'll do it as well. But yeah, I was more so doing like a lot of the mobility stuff. That's definitely. It. But yeah, you're doing it the right way, bro. At least you're doing all the right yes. shit with it.
2: Absolutely, definitely. If you say by itself, definitely a band that effect. We'll give you like, I don't know, maybe an hour of relief, but. If you're doing the same old shit, if you're not moving properly, then okay, yeah, you got problems.
0: Well, Mick, since you seem to have figured out an effective way of using the massage gun, it sounds like you have a system, you've developed a system for yourself. Maybe you could do a video sharing some of those techniques on Absolutely. how to get the most out of your massage gun. How much is a massage gun?
2: Oh, I paid Theragun. I paid about 800 bucks for it.
0: Ah, uh, Okay. Okay.
2: It's pretty much not expensive. cheap. Yeah. yeah, not cheap at all. And now so you see know, some I'm,
1: online, you see some online, like obviously not Paragon, but like the little knockoff ones for like $20, $30. It's crazy, man. Right.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure they'll be the same, but yeah, my, my yeah, one no, I've no, got. No, don't think so. Yeah, I got one during, right in the heart of COVID, the midst of COVID, I got my one, but a year and a half, two years ago. And yeah, like I said, it, because I'm using it correctly. And yeah, I'm happy to uh, share a video of how I use it. Absolutely, Marcus.
0: That'll be awesome. Okay, so massage gun. I think it sounds like that's probably a trend that will st- stick around. I think
2: uh, I'm not sure if it's gonna. Reason being is yeah. because I've I've hardly i hardly seen him anymore. I don't see him as much.
0: Uh, okay. So you think that's one that might that might die off, or if I it's allowed... say
2: so. It, it could. It definitely could. Okay. But if you do know what you're doing with them, they're worth the investment if you really want to go down that route.
0: Next question I have for you guys is: What was the most ridiculous fitness trend that you saw pop up in twenty two? Probably face shields and
1: bacterial spray all over the gym. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my opinion. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh,
2: look, it, yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Andrew. Fitness trend in twenty twenty two. Oh, I'm trying to come up with a name. It's been around for a while though, it's but... It'll come to me, but it's one of those isogenics, those shakes. not sure what they are. Anyway, they've they've been around for years, but I mean, that's just one trend that just came to mind. But as far as trends in 2022, I'm just going to go with Andrew. Yeah. Definitely the actual distancing and the, the sprays and the shields and all that sort of shit, man. But yeah.
0: Crazy times. Crazy. Any other trends from 22 that you guys think will fizzle out, and that people should stop investing in and stop spending their time on?
2: I'd say when it comes to health or fitness, just do not take advice from mainstream media <laughs> because they absolutely do not have your best interest at heart. They come up with a load of rubbish. Just if you want to get advice on your health and your fitness, just hire a professional. Please don't listen to your government or at least don't listen to mainstream media. I'd say that's what you, that's what, anything in 2023, I'd say go down that route. And stay away from your government and stay away from mainstream media when it comes to the health and fitness.
1: Yeah, I think an easy way to look at that is pull up a picture of the health minister in X country. How does yeah. that health minister look? Oh. On average, they're fat, out of shape, they look miserable, and they just do not look like healthy human beings whatsoever. So why the fuck am I taking health advice from you?
2: What's his name, Hazard,
1: was it? Yeah, Brad Hazard.
2: So it, was, it was Kerry Chan and Hazard and Brad Hazard. Did you, see the, did you
1: see the state of their health? They both looked horrible, absolutely horrible. Like, I wonder how these health ministers get their position. It's very interesting, isn't it? If you do a you know, I'm not, I don't have their degrees or whatever it may be, but I guarantee you, I'll do a better job as a health minister than them. In saying that, I'd also get assassinated. So it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> if i start handing out uh, hey guys everyone i'm going to need you to take some vitamin d3 tablets you need 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight a day we're going to do this exercise that exercise this exercise the pharmaceutical industries in whatever place i'm managing would go fucking broke so yeah i don't think it'd be a good idea because i'd be assassinated very quickly so maybe there's an agenda there maybe this is why these people have these positions of power maybe something to
0: think about
2: Hence, to my point, just do not take any advice from mainstream media or any other government. Just seek a professional when it comes to health and fitness. Absolutely.
0: Okay. It sounds like 2022 was in too crazy of a year in terms of new fitness innovations and new fitness and performance technologies, et cetera. But other than some of the COVID stuff that we had to deal with, sounds like it was a pretty tame year. Looking forward to next year, What kinds of predictions do you guys have for next year? What trends should people watch out for? What new technologies, workout styles, et cetera, should people keep an eye on?
1: So I've noticed on... Instagram, or I should say all social media in general, there seems to be a good trend, which I'm happy about, about like primal primal eating, primal living, blah, 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 which is getting sunlight, getting a grounding in, proper vitamins, minerals, eat your organ meats and blah, 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 which is surprisingly, there's a lot of accounts that I see promoting that. And yeah, it's definitely a trend that I would hope a lot more people would get on because that would solve a lot of issues that we were just talking about, health-related stuff. If you All you did was avoid some of the stuff I said in the last podcast, BPAs, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. You know, started focusing on heavy living, healthy living. It's that would be a very good trend for a lot of people to get on top of. So hopefully that happens. I'd
2: say in 2023, things to look forward to. I'd agree with Andrew's points, which are primal eating and stuff. I'd say incorporating a lot more. So when you think of breath work, walking and meditation. You think old people or that weird hippie shit, but I've started, I'm seeing a lot of gyms that are, a lot of, are incorporating a lot of meditation into their programs, a lot of breathwork into their meditations, obviously walking outside and getting some sunlight, getting morning sunlight, because obviously you're staying indoors all day and your health is definitely about op- optimized by getting artificial light all day. But yeah, I'd say the breath work and meditation and yoga and all that sort of stuff. These have been around for millions of years, years. But I think now they're starting to incorporate into the gyms, into programming, just in as far as longevity and performance-wise. And as you mentioned, when you, Marcus, when you mentioned about what workouts and what techniques, mate, it's, mate, movements like training. as in, if, I, if me, and myself, and Andrew were to show you our workout programs, if we were to post them on social media, they'd be boring. Why? Because it's repetitive. All we do is just progressively overload, aggressively overload every single session. So it's our workers on the same day, different shirt. But the basic stuff, the boring stuff, is what's going to, actually going to get you the results. Just master the big lifts and progressively overload, and you're going to get results. It's stuff that's been happening for what? Since the start of time, since gym started opening.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been going on for a while. Yeah, it's a very good point. If you look at... For example, Arnie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he got massive in 1970. There's nothing new. You do the same shit to get big. There might be a slight little different method here and something a little tiny there and this new cool little exercise that we pulled together. But apart from that, if you look at the meat and potatoes of the workout, it's just the same thing. Did, uh, there's squats, leg press, half squat, leg extension. Like there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same sort of right. thing. But I was thinking also, if we look at the trends that may be coming up which could be a little bit of a worrying trend, the virtual reality, like maybe there's gonna be some VR workouts or something like that could probably start taking off as well. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So yeah, that's something to think about too.
2: And some of the fancy shit you on Instagram and social media, these are just ridiculous fucking like movements where you just don't need them. If you just wanna change your body, like I said, just pick some basic exercises, master them and progressively overload and your body's gonna change. It's just that simple. I just yeah. don't follow the trends, on social media and Instagram, where they just did all these ridiculous movements,
1: man. Oh, I remember. Actually, it's funny you mention it. It might have actually been last year. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, or even this year. But you know how there's, uh, you see these fitness girls. They get on the uh, the stepper and they take a step and then kick their leg back and then they take another step and then they kick that. Their... So what are you doing? There's no resistance. What are you doing? What are you trying to flex your butt cheek on every fucking step? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly so, what you said. You want to build bigger glutes? Go do hip thrusts. Doing thrust. fucking... this, was, your leg back. This... and and again squats deadlifts
2: master them progressively overload hey you're gonna get results just master the simple things just the basics master the basics
0: speaking of uh, basics and just movement basic movements another buzzword that i'm hearing is primal movements what's that
1: so there's if we look at your normal stuff that you do in the gym a good way of looking at this bad way of looking at it so if all you ever do is squat deadlift bench lunge chin up blah 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 that's great that's awesome but that's all you do there's more movement than that right there's i don't know i'm trying to think of some random shit right now all right so let's say for example there's a bar there like you pretend you're back at the kid's schoolyard right if i jump swing on the bar and then land over there like that's some primal type shit you know what i mean it's like there's no exercise in the gym for that you don't do three sets of jump hang swing you don't do that shit right but if you look at, for example, Edo Portal, Conor McGregor's movement coach, he's that's the movement guy. That he's number one movement guy in the world, right? That's some primal type stuff. Like he he knows how to move. He can move this way. He can move that way. If you were to look at our ancestors, like some primal movement would be, I don't know. Let's say you just killed a deer and you cook the deer and blah blah blah. You don't have a chair to sit on to eat that leg of the deer or whatever you're eating, right? You squat. So you're in a squat position, you eat and people could sit down in a squat position for 10, 20, 30 minutes. Whereas today, if we tried to do that, you'd be wrecked. Like you'd go numb and blah, blah, blah. So that's part of what's primal movement is. But for the most part, I think it's just moving how our ancestors would move. There's so many more movements they did that we don't do. Because to eat a meal, what is it? Grab it from the fridge, do your recipe shit, put a bit of things together and chuck it in the oven or in the pan or whatever all respect to chefs that's not my point i'm not saying they don't work hard my point is back in the day it was oh we're hungry okay mick it's sunrise let's go hunting so now it's i've got to run up a hill i've got to run down a hill cross-country athlete oh i may have to climb up a tree to get to that ledge to get to that animal or whatever it may be so that's all primal type stuff there's all these movements that we don't normally do like spear unless you're a javelin thrower in the olympics who does that movement or unless you're a baseball thrower, who does that movement? So I think there's a lot of benefit to moving in all different realms that we're supposed to move. So I think the primal trend would be another very good one. Like I mentioned the primal sort of diet side of things, primal movement I think would be another very good trend for a lot of people. it would solve a lot of physical problems that a lot of people have, back pain and neck pain or whatever pain. If you could move properly, you wouldn't have these pains in the first place. Um
2: point you mentioned Andrew our the way our ancestors moved pretty much I think they're the only problem primal movements you need I think there's seven there's a squat there's the deadlift there's a hinge there's a lunge there's a push there's a pull
1: there's a twist what am I missing you've covered all the main ones like there are there's definitely the big but my point being like for example yes we covered a lot of main movements there for example, I don't know, like fucking, I'm trying to think of random stuff here, guys, so bear with me. But let's just say, I don't know, I've got a rock and a tiger's come and running at me and I slipped and the movement's here. Well, If you never do this movement, you're not going to have any mobility. If, like, if the lion's running at me, I'm not just going to stop it and say, hang on, lion, let me just reset my shoulder because I've only ever trained in a bench press and now let me press from here. Life doesn't work that way. Back in the day, it would have been, I've got my javelin, I just tripped over a small rock, throw it anyway, right? You got to deal with whatever situation you're presented. So you want to be strong and mobile in pretty much every position you can be. And if we look at the main differences from today compared to back then, it's going to be sitting down, right? Sitting down like we're doing right now. This is normal now, but back then it You know, there's no chairs back five, six, whatever thousand years ago. Maybe there were, I don't know. It's not a history lesson. My point being is you're probably squatting down more than you're sitting down, right? So everything's moving as it should. And you don't have super tight hip flexors. You're not hunched over, Quasimodo, whatever it may be. And everything's moving how it should. So yeah, definitely the big bang for your buck gym movements are a great start. But if you, I don't remember the exact line he said, but so Ida Portal was saying people that go to the gym are the ones that spend the most time on their physical health, but get the least amount of benefits from it because all they know how to do is bench press. This is all I do chin up. It's just purely, it's you look like a robot compared to what Edo portal can do. Yeah, There's definitely a lot more the body can do. Uh, but yeah, that we should be trying to do as well. And again, it'll solve a lot of problems if we do that. But yeah, but cool little side note, if you want to learn more about that, the best thing I would say to look at would be, there was a documentary or like an interview slash documentary. It was from London Real on Edo Portal. And that was, I highly recommend to watch that documentary. It was, it was, it's mind-blowing to see what the body can do. And you're just, you're sitting there looking at you like, I would have never thought to do this thing to work on my coordination in the way they're doing it and be able to loosen up your whole fascia by moving like a belly dancer or whatever you want to explain how he's doing. But yeah, it was very eye opening what the human body can do and his philosophy behind everything. It's very unique.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've done a bit of mobility work with, well, I've done, done a view of his, yeah, his mobility stuff and they work great, but that was a while ago. But yeah, I'll definitely look into that, Andrew. Absolutely.
0: In fact, Andrew, if you could send a link to that video, I we can, we can share it in the description for the folks watching. Awesome. Relating to tribal movements and moving back to the way our primal ancestors moved and lived and ate, Andrew, I think you're a big proponent of gut health as a core foundation of fitness. And that's not something that I've heard a lot of from other trainers, but you've been talking about it a lot since I met you this year. Is that another one of those trends that you see getting popularized in the year to come?
1: Yeah, I definitely see it happening because again, it, it relates, so gut health relates very closely to the whole primal sort of, whole primal nutrition side of things. So it sort of goes hand in hand. Like if you were eating everything, how we were designed to be eating, you wouldn't have any gut issues. You would, you would have barely any health issues whatsoever, unless some, something foreign was introduced into the environment. Let's, we'll use a bit of logic here. Hopefully people can follow without being too stuck into the matrix programming. Like you need your pills and blah, blah, blah disease and actually you know what let's use this one old age this is something that a lot of people don't stop to think about but old age so many people just think oh old age yeah you get sick no that's not supposed to happen you're not supposed to just get sick because you're old that's not how it works you may not function as good as what you were when you were 20 but you're not supposed to have alzheimer's and arthritis and broken hip just because you're old that's not how things work The reason that you get sick in the first place is because your body's breaking down over time. And the reason that old people tend to be more sick than young people is because they've had more years of damage. It's that simple, right? Now, if we look at primal living and everything, it's basically eating what we are designed to be eating. So I'll use a very interesting example of meats and organ meats. And again, something a lot of people don't think to analyze. But if you look at muscle meat, it's very high in the the amino acid methionine. If you look at organ meats, they're very high in the amino acid glycine. Now, if you're constantly eating too much methionine, as opposed to not getting it balanced out with glycine, that can actually cause some health issues over time, inflammation being one of them. But if you look at our ancestors prioritized organ meats, they were the most valuable part of the animal to eat. Whereas today it's very weird. Dude, you eat liver, you eat brains, but you're crazy. It's not as crazy as what you think. Just because it's not normal doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it and vice versa. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's normal and you should be doing it, right? So the primal living and the gut health side of things is, it's very interesting and hopeful, like I said, I do hope that it takes off as a trend for more people because it will solve a lot of health issues worldwide. So another example would be if we look at beef liver, it's the good thing about, all right, We could talk about liver king and how he got caught using gear, but he did do some good for the world. So he did a lot of good for the world in terms of waking people up. So I'll give him that good on him. And he owned up to his mistake. So good on him for that too. But if you look at what he brought out, like liver, right? Liver is nature's multivitamin. It's the most nutritious thing on the planet. And this clown world programming is telling us that the acai berry is super food. It's like, cool. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. It's good for a berry. I'll give it that it's good for a berry. Right. But to compare the nutrition in acai berries to liver is insane. Absolutely insane. Like liver is, I forget the numbers off the top of my head, but like the vitamin A content was like through the roof. This vitamin, that mineral, blah, blah, blah. Everything was absolutely insane. And if you were to compare having say 100 grams of beef liver compared to a multivitamin tablet, it's night and day. Like take that beef liver every day. It's way better for you. We're not designed to have artificial vitamins and minerals. We're designed to eat meat. We're designed to eat liver. I'll give you another thing for people to think about. I want you to think about this as well. Whatever method of creation you believe in, if you believe it's God, if you believe it's Big Bang or whatever you believe it is to be, I'm sure we can all agree that at some point we discovered fire. What were we doing before that? How were we eating our meat? We must have been eating it raw, right? Like I don't know, I don't know history, but I'm pretty sure we ate raw meat before we ate cooked meat. I'm sure we can use logic to agree on that point. So we could also argue there must be something to that. Are we supposed to eat certain things raw? Are we supposed to eat certain things cooked? How does that work? I would argue that we're supposed to eat certain things raw. There's also some evidence to show that some of the nutrients and enzymes are destroyed in the cooking process. This is why part of the reason why Liver King actually recommends to eat it raw, right? So there are benefits from that as well. Now we could also argue some of the bacterial side of things in when it comes to like gut health and all of that as well. I don't remember this tribe that was studied off the top of my head, but I do remember the gist of what the results were. So there was certain there was a certain tribe, I don't know where they were from, but they were analyzing the bacterial inside the gut from stool testing and blah, blah, blah. And what they found was, if you look at how our guts work right now, what bacteria that we have inside of us, there's not that many in terms of variety. So for example, some people have SIBO or negative gram bacteria or whatever. But if you look at some of the bacteria inside of these tribes, they had basically, if we had what they had, we'd be in hospital. But the reason they're able to handle it is because their bacteria is so, their system is so strong and robust because they've been in the wild. They've been eating raw meats. They've been eating this, they've been doing that blah, blah, blah. So they've been exposed to all these bacterias like their whole life. So they're extremely strong and resilient in that aspect. Whereas for us, these Have you guys ever heard of that experiment where they, um, they got rid of all the bacteria from these certain mice and they isolated them? And the mice were extremely weak because they've never been exposed to anything. So it we're so ex- obsessed with, oh, I need to use that antibacterial thing on my hands and blah, 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 and kill off all the bacteria. So it's not necessarily a good thing. We need bacteria. We are, we're basically made up of bacteria. If we didn't have any bacteria, we would basically be freaking potatoes, right? We wouldn't do anything. So I think having the right balance of things definitely makes a difference. I'll give you an example of what I've been doing. I've been slowly incorporating. I'm not going to say that I'm a massive fan of it, like when it comes to the taste or anything, but I do it because of the benefits, right? So I'm having on average about 100 grams of beef liver every morning, 50 grams raw, 50 grams cooked. And I'm having like, at the moment I've got duck eggs because of the cholesterol content. So I'm having like four duck eggs and 100 grams of beef liver every morning. That's like basically my breakfast. When I was in proper routine, I'm still sourcing things because I'm still new to the city. But I was also having basically an organ meat lunch as well like for me in particular i prioritize lambs brains as crazy as that might sound to a lot of people the reason i prioritize lambs brains is because i have very low cholesterol i'm still working on that issue in particular and lambs brains are one of the highest contents of cholesterol that you can find and yeah that's that that's that side of things i'm also got like a gut protocol blah 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 and just so people have an idea of how that all works if I haven't summarized it enough. So basically it's modern lifestyle is not conducive to good gut health. There's multiple things in the modern lifestyle that damage the gut lining in particular. And just because we eat all these foods that we're not designed to eat, we create an imbalance in the bacterial that we have in the gut as well just a real quick example you've got sugars pesticides fluorides artificial sweeteners preservatives gluten alcohol depending on which type of alcohol you're having you shouldn't be abusing it but anyway yeah. you've got xenoestrogens. you got the clothes that you're reading the clothes that you're wearing sorry polyester or whatever so there's all these different avenues and again i'm just thinking of what i can i'm just saying what i can think off the top of my head there's more out there so all these things aren't conducive to good gut health all of these things can destroy your intracellular tight junctions, which are these little, we call them gateways, if you want to call them that, in inside of your uh, intestines, inside of your you know, inside of the gut lining as well. So all these things can destroy this structure. Along with having all these foods that you're not supposed to be eating, artificial this, artificial that, process this, process that, they're all not going to be making the correct changes that we should be having inside of your body. They're all going to be providing the wrong nutrients, the wrong ratios, destroying the gut over time. So I really think that focusing on the gut is one of the best things that, pretty much everyone could do everyone's blood work that I've analyzed has something wrong with them. Every single one. And that's just, first off most people don't like, I'm sure if I analyze some tribe that's eating meats and organ meats and fruits and everything, I'm sure their gut health will be just fine. Right. But we live in a crazy world that's designed for processed food and making profits and that's what they care about and whatever other agendas are going on and prioritizing grains and this and that over meats is just, Absolutely insane. So, I really do hope that the primal thing takes off because it's going to help the world in a very positive way. A lot of people are going to be a lot healthier. We've seen this kind of trend when it comes to carnivore. Carnivore, look, I think carnivore is better than your average Western diet for sure. Is it the perfect diet? I don't think so. I think there's a few other things that we can add in there to make it better, certain fruits and blah, blah, blah. But carnivore is on the right path. And even if people got that far, they'd be a lot better off and we'd see less health problems overall.
2: Yeah, just to answer your question, Marcus, it's not gonna. It's not only going to take off in 2023. As far as gut health we're talking, about, it's going to get even bigger and bigger over the years because as far as I know, everyone's gut's messed up. No matter how healthy you think you are, you. a lot of people have, 99% of people have got their gut's messed up. Yeah. Something so small as chewing, chewing your food. If you don't chew your food properly, if you don't make it semi-liquid, before you actually swallow it, that's going to affect your gut. I mean, because digestion starts in the mouth. That's why we got saliva and we got teeth. Chew your food. Just a quick tip for everyone out there. Just chew your food. Count your food. If you want to eat mindfully, count about 40 chews. Get it the semi-liquid and then swallow. And then let me know. Give me, if you listen to this, give me some feedback on how your digestion is after you actually just do that one simple
1: thing that's so overlooked. This is so, real quickly as well, with the gut health and the primal stuff, even what you just said there, I me, mean, it's... If we look at social media, so it's a very powerful tool. The internet in general is a very powerful tool. And people communicating with each other over time have just, they've discovered more things. And this is one thing that I think is really good about the primal stuff. So it's like the truth, right? Once you see the truth, you can't unsee the truth. So this is really good. that so many people are waking up to what the truth of health actually is. Like I said, on social media, I've seen so many more primal related pages come out. Like it's just, it's crazy, which is good. Like, it's a, it's an absolutely good thing. One of the biggest ones being Carnivore Aurelius. I think he's got over a million followers and he's got extremely good engagement, good on him, spreading a very good message. So yeah, if more accounts like these come out and more people start to wake up to the truth, I think that over time society will shift and which it already has. We've seen the rise of organic food and blah, blah, blah. And all these places are starting to stock liver. Like it's a normal thing now. There's more businesses that sell it. There's more businesses that sell paleo related things. So it's good. We're on a, we're on a good upward trajectory. So... Hopefully that continues and it just gets bigger and more popular
0: absolutely and so it sounds like liver eating liver is probably going to be a trend the liver King set that on motion toward the end of the year yeah absolutely. perfectly just- curious what do you what do you get liver what do you are there restaurants that serve liver or I've never seen That's liver awesome. on the menu So I normally just get it from a butcher
1: or whatever. Like I'll find like a good organic butcher or a grass-fed butcher or whatever. You just sort of develop the relationship with them. Some butchers don't sell it over the counter. Some butchers, oh yeah, if you want it, we can give it to you, blah, blah, blah. But in general, a butcher, in terms of restaurants, that's a more tough thing. Unless you've got some, I don't know, healthy restaurant or something. I haven't really seen it as often. The only sort of liver-related thing I've seen at restaurants is like sometimes you've got a Lebo or a Turkish restaurant even the Brazilians sometimes they bring around like chicken heart and stuff like that. Yep. Because sometimes you see like chicken liver on the menu, but it's it is rare. It's definitely harder to find in restaurants than I would say from a butcher. That's for sure.
2: Absolutely. yeah. There's some good actually butchers around here because where I live in Bondi, there's a lot of health conscious people here. So yeah, there's some good butchers around Bondi where you can get some organ meats, organic too. So yeah, you're not going to find them anywhere else other than than a good but than other than a good butcher. So yeah, very rarely going to find them at restaurants.
0: Mick, I think either you or Andrew touched on longevity as well. Actually, I think it was you, Andrew. You touched on longevity. Do you think that's also going to be a focus area going in the new year?
1: Well, yeah, it all, it all ties back. Like it all ties back to gut health and the primal stuff. So guts the foundation of health. And like we are talking about the elderly where they just get sick and everyone just believes that's normal. That's the paradigm that we all live in. If everyone had good health from the beginning, even you know, from now, if you're 20, if you're 30, if you're 40, if you start on it now, it's better late than never. So if everyone started focusing on... Gut health, yeah, that would increase their longevity. That would be working, that would be functioning better into older age. And the other thing is, again, it's a, it's just a paradigm that most people, most people are subscribed to. So we could also look at, for example, movement or training. Oh no, I'm too old to go to the gym. That's bullshit. You're not too old to go to the gym. So it's the same thing with eating. If everyone actually continued some activity into old age and actually ate well into old age, that would extend their age and they would be functioning better. As, as they age as well. Just because you're 70 years old doesn't mean you need to be in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? I don't remember who it was, but I do remember seeing something where the, this, there's a lot of old people where they, they can't move, they need a walking stick and they've got hunched shoulders and posture, blah, blah, blah. I remember seeing someone in that condition starting with a trainer. I'm pretty sure it was like a yoga-related mobility trainer. And I remember seeing her a few months later and I was like, wow, that old lady looks in shape. Good on her. Well done. So it's never too, it's never too late to start for anyone. So... I think it's a lot of it is cope and excuses with the longevity stuff, especially with all the information coming out now. Like I we was saying before, how I never had any money back in the day when I was like 13 years old, but I figured out a way to make it work. So if people want to improve their health, it's the same thing. I gave a great example. Instagram, Carnivore is his name. He's doing great work for everyone. Follow his account, get some tips from there. If you incorporate a lot of those things, you're going to get a lot of great results. The same thing if you're you're a CEO, executive, blah, blah, blah. All right, reach out to me, reach out to Mick, get some advice from there and we can help you with all this stuff. So it's the same thing with longevity. If you want to get it done, there's a way to get it done. And the great thing is about the as the years are passing on, more and more information is coming out there. Like I, I was looking into optimizing health from a younger age, like 20 years old, but there was no information out there. So what's this like 13, 14 years ago, there's no information. I'm like, how do I optimize my testosterone? The only information I can find is take steroids or get on TRT. Well, what the fuck is that? That's a bandaid at most. That's not fixing any issues. Like how can I be the best version of me? This information was very hard to find 14 years ago. Whereas today it's the amount of testosterone and primal living and this, that Instagram accounts alone is staggering. It's countless ones. So the information is out there. The takeaway is do some study or reach out to a professional and get it done. There's more than enough resources out there in this day and age to make it work, which is a great thing, and hopefully that keeps taking off.
0: Mick, I know you're a big proponent of longevity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to take off
2: personally with my coaching. I'm going to it's going to dissect with muscle building and longevity. So I'm going to look. I'm going to look, incorporate a lot of performance and longevity stuff with my sort of clientele. it's just on top of my mind There's... So there's breath work. What would you say is the most functional thing we do as humans? Breathing, we can go food without food for weeks, water for days, but air, just a few short moments. So you gotta learn, got to learn to breathe well using your diaphragm. So that's for inhalation and for exhalation. You see, your diaphragm is not only important for your aerobic function and your carbon dioxide tolerance, which is massive for your physical and mental performance, but your breath work is also good for your biomechanics. The way you move. So, if it's the most functional thing we do as humans, if that's dysfunctional, everything goes after that is going to be dysfunctional. So, by limiting your ability to breathe, you're limiting your top-end performance. That's whether that's running, squatting, deadlifting, playing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And also, nature walks, walking in nature. We all know the benefits of walking, doing you're just connecting with the earth. Getting your feet going to the beach, feeling the ground, feeling the grass. Also you got creating blood flow, movement, hot, cold plunges, creating space, creating space in your environment, creating space in your mind, meditation, getting your joints and your muscles through the whole range of motion, mobility, exercises through your for your muscles and joints. Yeah, that's just a few, just to, when it comes to longevity, stuff that i want to incorporate with my clientele. But yeah, that's I feel that's definitely gonna take off because we all want our performance not degrading. We like to be free, we like. A bit ironic about to see what's happened in the past couple of years, but yeah, performance and longevity are going to be a big part of what i do personally, but and I've just got a feel that's going to take off as well. It's going to be a big trend in 2023 and onwards too. Awesome.
0: Good stuff. And Mick, earlier you mentioned how because of the COVID lockdowns, people missed the community element and you were suggesting that we might see a resurgence of community and social type of fitness. Do you see that as the as trend that will carry on into next year? Yes, absolutely.
2: Because obviously, outdoor training, you know, the benefits of getting sunlight and getting fresh air, whilst you're training in a group environment. You, like I said, you've got that camaraderie. Also, what it would, cycling is a big thing. Surfing, running in groups. That's just, I personally see thats just getting bigger and bigger, especially in the summertime. That's a trend that's definitely going to be on the rise. Absolutely. Because like I said, I mean, from the lockdowns, everyone will lock down. We just miss that sort of that face-to-face interaction, that camaraderie with your friends, that motivation, that support, someone to push you. Yeah, that's only really going to get bigger and bigger as the years go on. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. And perhaps community might also help in terms of the accountability. So for those that can do personal training, because Andrew mentioned one of the one of the three main benefits of personal training is the accountability or one of the Three keys to getting results is accountability. For those that can do personal training for whatever reason, they can turn to these community-based fitness programs.
2: Absolutely. Like I said I just recently joined the uh, fitness setting, just to change things up, to mix things up a little bit. I and mean, just partnering up with somebody, he's going to push you to, to take, do that extra rep. And when you're slackening off, you're gonna, he's actually going to catch you out and catch you on your shit when you are slackening off. So. Definitely having that aspect as part of it, especially for beginners, is a big thing. That's why definitely group training isn't going nowhere. It's definitely here to stay, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the, it's one of the best things about, for example, CrossFit. Like in the training world, pretty much everyone will bag on anyone. So like, for example, bodybuilders will make fun of powerlifters and blah, 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 whatever. But everyone kind of made a lot of fun as CrossFitters in general. Like your most, most of your meatheads will make fun of the CrossFitters. CrossFitters probably make fun of the meatheads too, right? But one of the best things about CrossFit is exactly that community sort of thing. They've definitely, uh, they've definitely done something right with that. I think it would be good as well if we could get something similar to the primal-based thing as well. I'm not saying anything's wrong with the gym. But it would be good to get more awareness of movements and blah, blah, blah. Especially from sitting down all day, it'll be a good change change of things as well. Because just because you do those main seven movements, it's not necessarily going to solve all your problems and it may not fix all the issues and blah, blah, blah. Like a real easy example to understand here would be, for example, the ratio of strength between a bench press and an external rotation. Just because you do the bench press in the row, it's cool. You did internal rotation. You haven't done anything for your external rotators. So... I think it would be good to get more awareness of movement in all realms and strength in all realms. And I think the community side of that would make things a lot better too. If you had a group setting for that, it would definitely get a lot of people more into things. For example, the body pump and body attack. Cool, you're burning calories. Why don't you do something more, incorporate better things with burning those calories. So hopefully that takes off.
0: It's interesting how we're going into the new year of twenty twenty three. We're deep in the twenty twenties in the future, but some of the fitness, effective fitness trends that are taking shape are taking us back to our primal days. That's I find that very interesting. You guys your gut health stuff, your organ meats, your community-based fitness, a longevity focus. So that's interesting. After all, our primal ancestors, they would probably crush us in in, in all areas of performance, physical and mental. So that's that'll be an interesting one to watch. One more prediction I'm going to make just... And this also ties a little bit into the primal fitness aspect of it. I actually, I'm seeing a lot more guys in the boxing gyms. Now, I'm not sure if that's the YouTuber, Jake Paul effect, or it might be the Andrew Tate effect, but I'm definitely seeing a lot more guys in the boxing gym. Are you guys seeing that too? Yeah, not just the boxing,
2: just the MMA in general.
0: MMA in general. I think that's, okay. got,
2: a lot, that's got a lot to do with the UFC, because the UFC is probably one of the fastest growing sports right now people could argue that's even bigger than boxing but yeah i think that's just the rise of these yeah boxing gym a gyms, brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah they've all gone through the roof i'd say that's got a lot to do with the ufc just the fact it's just that
1: sports has just exploded yeah it's a good it's a good trend man like how do you say it? It's normally the weakest guys, the ones that can't fight that cause all the trouble anyway. But the, the biggest, baddest, strongest guys in the gym. Like you go to a jujitsu gym, like the black belt, like he's the nicest guy there. It's the same thing with boxing. Unless you're a pro boxer and maybe you're egotistical or whatever, different story. But your average guy that can fight is super humble. He's not going to go out of his way to cause any trouble or anything like that. So I think it's a really good thing. And yeah, hopefully that keeps taking off as a good trend in 2023. It's definitely not going to cause... I think, I think society would be a lot better if everyone could fight as opposed to if everyone was weak and fat. So let's hope that takes off.
2: Awesome. And hey, and it's, a of, and it's a form of exercise too. Exactly. And if one enjoys it, hey, by all means. Someone, someone used to ask me, what's the best exercise to do? My, my advice to them is the one that you enjoy, the one that you can stick to. And if that's boxing or that's jujitsu or running, cycling, whatever the
1: case, yeah. something you can it's... stick to, something you enjoy. So it's the same, I do the exact same thing with my cardio. So like I've been there, done that, I've competed and blah, blah, blah. But if I look at what type of cardio I want to do right now, give me a Muay Thai session, give me kickboxing, give me BJJ, give me something like that. If I got to go on that elliptical, I'll get it done. I'll put a something on YouTube or something, but am I enjoying myself? No, I'm like counting down the 2nd like, come on, let's get over with this thing. Whereas a boxing session, I'm enjoying it. So let's go, I'm good, let's, I can do it every day, it's fun. So yeah, definitely a very good point there. Basically, expanding on that, if we could relate that to cardio, we could relate that to resistance training. Let's say someone wanted to get bigger, but they really didn't like bodybuilding for some reason, right? But they really like CrossFit. Cool, do CrossFit. You're still going to get bigger. Might not be as jacked as a bodybuilder, but do what you enjoy. Very good point.
0: So we touched on the primal aspect of fitness. Andrew, earlier you mentioned the possibility of VR starting to take off. Some are saying that VR is many years away. Facebook Meta—they've realized that the hard way. They try to push VR, and no one's really, no one's really buying it. Do you think that might pick up in 2023, or do you think that's more of a 2030 kind of trend? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I'm not the tech whiz, but
1: I'd say it could if more marketing and all that was done if maybe the, or the oculus or whatever i don't even know what they're called but yes yeah, if they get a bit cheaper maybe more people would jump on board as well i suppose if the right programs were introduced it could definitely help again i'm not a fan of these what are they called it's group classes like body pump and body attack and all that i'm not really a massive fan of them but if it's going to help some person that's stuck at home that doesn't have the money or they can afford this and this is going to motivate them or whatever it may be and yeah, awesome. It's going to get them in shape. Great. Put on the VR and get it done and pretend you're in a classroom or whatever. If it's going to make you do it, do it. It's, uh, it's do what works. If it works, if you get the results that you want, do it. So yeah, if it's going to be for the benefit of people, then yeah, hopefully that takes off. And hopefully it doesn't get too out of hand or AI or whatever else may be incorporated with that. If it's for people's benefit. I'm all for it.
2: Funny you ask, Marcus, because a friend of mine's got a VR and I literally was using it a few days ago. And he put on some boxing thing for me. And and like literally this guy was in, you actually, it's like you're in an actual boxing match. Funnily enough. And as I was using him, this guy was throwing punches at me. and I'm ducking and weaving and I'm throwing uppercats. I'm like, it was like an actual workout. It literally was like I was in an actual boxing match. So I think that it's definitely something that's going to take off in the years to come. Like you said, Andy, yeah, is it going to be effective? But hey, is it going to get you off your ass? Is it some form of exercise? Is it fun? hey, by all means, go for it. So I potentially think that's definitely going to take off in the years to come, even 2023.
0: Awesome. So more options, more ways for people to get their fitness in and have fun doing it. That's fantastic. Any uh, final thoughts, guys? Any final predictions or advice heading into the new year we will do an episode after new year on how to set and achieve your fitness goals so hopefully you guys can provide some good advice on that but any final words for today i would say look i think the best trends that are gonna
1: take off more so in the new year are going to be like your gut health and the primal related stuff which is great i hope i hope that it takes off very high In terms of a little bit of advice for the new year's, don't wait for new year's day. It's not gonna make a difference. Start now, right? Waiting for this uh, arbitrary day is a recipe for failure. Mick, you know all all about this. People that say Monday, just like caught in this downward spiral, if you wanna call it that. So yeah, discipline, it's all about discipline. If you have the motivation to start, cool. Understand that it's gonna be discipline at some point. Also understand that once you have created those habits, it's gonna be fine, it's easy. It really is easy. You don't need to rely on motivation forever motivation gets you started, stick it out for a little bit, use a bit of discipline. And then once those habits are created, it's automatic. It's honestly automatic. Like like, this is a story you've heard thousands of times. I honestly can't be bothered for gym. I did two sessions this morning. I did a weight training, or weight training slash physio session, whatever you want to call it. And then I did a boxing session with a trainer. I was kind of motivated for the boxing session because I haven't done it in a couple of weeks with all the traveling, but the weight training session, I was not bothered for it, but I went anyway because I'm in routine, right? So this is the biggest problem that a lot of people have. So with your new year's resolution, cool. you got a new year's resolution. It's new year's, new year's is coming up. Great. That's your motivation. Cool. Understand that it's going to suck at some point. Go in there. It's like you're going into battle with your mind or however you want to justify it to yourself. But okay, cool. I got motivation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose this amount of, of weight. Awesome. Great. I'm glad you're at that point. But you need to actually want to apply this and understand that it's going to suck. So it's all right. I got two weeks motivated and now I'm not motivated. Okay, keep going. Don't put your plan, don't make your plan too hard. Make it a plan that you honestly can say that you can actually do it. If you're there sitting, thinking that you can go from zero to five days a week training at one hour with a super strict diet, don't do it. I'm telling you right now, don't do that. Unless you got something, unless there's something else in that equation that's going to help you. Like for example, you're paying $100 a session, you've got the best trainer in the world, they're going to message you all day, different story. But if you're on your own, with just the program, you don't have anyone with you. You don't have a training partner. You've got no one to keep you accountable. Don't make it that hard. Make it two or three days a week. Make it 10 to 15 minutes if you have to. Just ask yourself, honestly, can you actually do 100% what you say you're going to do? What what likelihood is it out of 10? If it's 10 out of 10, do it. If it's not 10 out of 10, make it easier. So that's my advice going into the new years. And if everyone does that, I guarantee you will get results if you follow what I
0: just said. Awesome. How about you, Mick?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, just going off what Andrew said. Look, those that start Monday? Never get shit done. Start today. Start now. And look, if you got big lo- if you got a, if you got just big lofty goals, sometimes thinking about the end goal can be a little bit daunting, can be a little bit overwhelming. I'd say the biggest advice I can give you there is just only thing you should be thinking of is did you get to the gym today? Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about how big your glutes are, how big your pecs are, your biceps are is the only thing that you should be worried about is did you get to the gym today? That's it. Wash, rinse, repeat, do the same thing tomorrow. And then, before you know what, you start to see some results. And then you start to build some better habits. And then before you know it, okay. Yeah, that's how habits start to become. Just like I said, don't focus on the end goal too much because it gets overwhelming. It can get a little bit too daunting. The only thing you should be focusing on is did you get to the gym today? That's it. And do the same thing tomorrow. That would be my bit of advice now just for the new year for 2023.
0: Awesome. And just one more thing. What trend? So you guys are suggesting that people start right away and not wait for the new year. What trend do you guys think people should look into as soon as they get a chance? Um, I'd say it's primal. Yeah, primal,
1: primal eating would be the biggest thing that'll make a difference to them. So if you look at the primal stuff as well, it's not just a lot of people don't understand the depth of which gut health goes. For example, like inflammation or energy or focus or libido or whatever, or drive. All of these things are affected from gut health. So look, your average person has something that's not optimal. Your average person is not optimal. So whatever issue you may be facing, try and, again, it's the same sort of thing that I was saying with start at a level that you can manage. Gut health is very comprehensive. You don't want to be going from zero to 100, being super strict, going from Tim Tams and, I don't know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream and Kit Kats and blah, 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 to all of a sudden getting raw liver and duck eggs and crazy shit like that. Like, don't do that to yourself. That's a recipe for failure. You would transition. You would make it easier. Like I said, 10 out of 10, how likely are you to do what you say you're going to do? Maybe you start off on having... One bite of raw liver a day. Maybe that's what your starting point. Cool, start from there. Maybe you want to start with cooked liver. Just cool, start from there and transition to whatever the perfect version of what you're trying to do is. I'm not even at a perfect point just yet because right now I don't have the, I don't know where the supplies for all the things that I want. Are. I found liver, but I haven't found lamb's brains. But I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm doing better than 99.99% of people on the planet. I'll take that as a win for now and then transition it once I get a lay of the land over here. So... Yeah, biggest trend to look out for: primal
0: eating and gut health. What do you think, Beck?
2: You know, I'd say definitely the primal eating too.
0: That's okay,
2: taken off. That's massive, with, especially with the as Andrew mentioned earlier, with fever and stuff, and all the vitamins and the minerals, and just the health benefits of it. And to be honest, look, I'm old school. I'm traditional. I'm not, never have been one for trends, but. Just get to the gym, be consistent, and do the boring stuff. do repeat it, do, just repeat it progressively overload, and you're just gonna get results. There's just nothing This it's not hard. People think it's hard when it comes to transforming your body. Have you ran a marathon? That's hard. Have you seen what the Navy SEALs do? That's hard. Have you been in a third world country where a mother's struggling to put food on the table? That's hard. Us here, we got it easy. We live cushy lives. It's definitely not hard. Just be consistent and do the boring stuff. That's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm not, we're definitely not one for trends. But yeah, just do the boring work. Eat your beef liver, like Andrew said, and just be consistent.
0: All right, awesome. Thanks, guys, for a very interesting discussion. From 2022, it sounds like online and digital fitness is here to stay. And this year, it sounds like the, the primal stuff will be the trend that you guys encourage our listeners to Watch out for. All right, well, that's our wrap-up of the fitness trends in 2022 and our thoughts on the latest trends heading into the new year. Like I said, in our next episode, we'll talk about how to set and achieve fitness goals for the new year. We've already touched on that, but we'll expand on that, a we'll expand on that a bit. And that's it for us, guys. Subscribe to the channel so you don't miss it and give this video a like to support the channel. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> So, so.